but yeah, it's just mainly uh, I want to get to know you. Like that's how I learn from from people is just uh, talking to right. them, and then people maybe will pick that up. Yeah, so. I'm here for it, man. Awesome. So you're saying something in the email, like you're you're interested in finding something like that's similar to this, where it's a podcast or or something different, moving away. Well, I mean, we've. I, I think I always have like 10,000 things in the fryer or in the oven or whatever, like yeah. pans in the oven. Um, and we do a little podcasty type thing with Wreck Bike Rebuild, but that's like inside of the Patreon stuff. So it's, you know, paywalled and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I don't know how how like religiously you watch the, the channel or whatever. But a couple of years ago, I tried doing a series called Any Ridden Sunday. Mm-hmm. Where I kind of just I followed a um, a sport bike uh, stunt right stunt bike rider, uh, and my whole thought process was to kind of like not to do popular motor vlogger people. I wanted to show like motorcyclists in general mm-hmm. because um, you know you go ride and you like you're at the top of the hill or mountain or whatever you go ride in and you just have conversations with other people that are riding, and I would just notice that everybody I talked to had this like ridiculous story that I was yep. like, that's amazing. How are you even here on this planet right yeah. now? Um, so my thought process was like, this will be cool. I'll make a, I'll, I'll make these like little mini documentaries and tell people stories. And, um, so I picked a stunt writer for the first one and it was a shit show <laughs> for a month, dude, because like he's a stunt guy, right? So the production so, like, or just, uh, Everything. Like everything. Well, like, so everything was like, it was my biggest, like, I'm going to take, because I like, I like the camera side of everything. Oh, yeah. So um, I was like, I'm going to be super serious. I'm going to make a documentary. I'll eventually put something on Netflix. This is going to be great. <laughs> um, cut to a month and a half later of trying to sync up schedules and like, you only end up filming like four days. Yeah. But like to get those four days scheduled and done was just the biggest shit show I have ever tried to do. Um, so I put basically two months of work into one video and it performs like super meh. Yeah. And as much as I'm passionate about it, I'm like, I also have to run a business and my mortgage is not going to yeah. get paid by my heart was in this yeah, type thing. It sucks because, like, uh, I can tell you put a lot of time and effort in your videos. And then I just recently did something kind of like that. Not not like two months of footage, but I tried something different. I, I put all these different things together, and it's meh. And I'm like, oh, man. It's like that. It feels like that could have been something huge. Um, right. But man, it, right. like you put a lot of effort. I see your uh, your editing. You have like I'm assuming After Effects, unless you use um, uh, Apple, which is what I think Motion, something like that. But uh, yeah, I see all your stuff. How much effort you put? I'm like, man, I wish I had that time. So I can't imagine right. two months worth of no. It's stuff. um, it's a lot. Uh, the we uh we are on Apple over here, so okay. it's Motion. But um, the cheat to it is you get templates and mm-hmm. then know the program enough to customize the template to where it's unique to you yeah so we're not making stuff you know from the Mm get-go but i i know enough to where if i look at a template for something like a you know a text effect i'm like okay i can probably like like decom like take that apart change this change that um that's kind of what we try to do as far as any graphic stuff because like i don't have any graphics guys on Uh the payroll or anything like that it's um it's literally just guys that edit is most of the uh, most of the help I have. Okay, 
and with the the two months of filming and stuff, you haven't done oh, that God. again. You haven't you haven't tried it well, again. Well, uh, so. No, so I got burnt hard. <laughs> so I, know so I haven't go, I haven't gone oh. back, but um, you know, I, I always had it in the back of my head of like like I'm gonna freaking do this and I need to get to the point where because um, when I did it, the main revenue stream for the channel was like YouTube stuff. So if mm-hmm. a video didn't perform well, I couldn't really justify yeah. doing it again. Yeah. Um, and then you have that thing of like, this thing I'm real passionate about, this thing I'm also passionate about, but it'll actually pay the bills type thing. You know what I mean? So there's that trade-off. I will say in 2020, I'm going to try to relook at how to do it with a one-week turnaround. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do realize that the stunt writer part of it is what really overcomplicated it. Okay. I'm very aware that I could probably, if it was a regular guy, it was like, hey, man, we can shoot this on Saturday. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we could shoot in two days, edit in three, and like call it a day. Yeah. So um, the thought process, though, with that is to have a kind of a mini documentary, you know, looking at eight minute long situation, because that was one thing. The video was like 16 minutes long. Mm-hmm. He had a crazy story. So, like, I'm fine with it. But, um, I think the videos need to be about eight to 12 minutes long. And I would like to have a sit down conversation with the person to go along with the video. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the idea of if I was going to do like a podcasty thing, I would just want average writers to you know, just sit down and shoot shit and talk yeah. about, talk about anything writers talk about, you know, yeah. it could be current uh, motorcycle just come out or it could be some cool story about they got to ride in the Himalayan mountains or some some shit it wouldn't matter to me yeah. I just think the conversations are cool so I'm gonna try for that in 2020 whether that happens or not I haven't made that an official goal yeah. but you know I've got it in the back of my head I'm like I'm gonna try this shit I'm gonna try it at least twice and we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens hopefully I can learn from the first mistake and you know, get it get it going a little bit, even if it doesn't do great. Um, we're in a really awesome spot right now with Good. with how the channel runs to where everything doesn't have to be like. I hope this gets X amount of views. You know, I hope yeah. I hope ads don't get turned off for for this video and stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in that moment, that little quagmire of man. I it'd be great if this video did really well. It doesn't have to, but. I, it would really push me past where I can actually focus on, on right. stuff like this. So like this podcast, I mean, it's, it's relatively small. It's not paying any bills whatsoever, but it's something I want to really push out because when you said, when you had conversations with people like on the top of the hill after the ride, it's so interesting to hear. And then you're wondering, right. wow, what are these stories? You know, I'm surprised you're even here. And you're like, you learned how to ride that way. What the heck? And there's right. that's that's the that's our viewers. That's the subscribers. That's people watching YouTube. Is they have those stories, and I want to bring them in too. So I I'm right. trying to bring smaller uh, subscribers, you, not subscribers, but uh, YouTubers. And then I pick somebody right. that was a mechanic that has no channel. So I'm just trying to find right. something for people to to hear. Yeah. And then on top of that, man, the I'm, different I'm perspectives a lot. are awesome. Oh yeah, like, having because if you. Like just, you know, I, I have a mechanic that works with me. So having a conversation with him and then having a conversation with somebody that's more like me, like I'm, I'm not mechanically inclined. Oh, yeah, I've either. never said I'm mechanically inclined. <laughs> uh, I am far better at riding a motorcycle than I will ever be uh, working on it. But the difference in a conversation with him versus somebody more like me 
it's a totally different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've just found that the majority of the conversations with motorcycle riders are are far more interesting uh, than you would probably think they were. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning that. Uh, I actually shied away from like bike nights and meetups because I'm like, man, it's just more of me. And then I actually went out for a couple times. I'm like, whoa, okay, this is interesting. I'm I'm love right. to mingle with all these people because motorcycles is the uh, the icebreaker basically. And then you just kind right. of go into the actual person. So yeah, re- I think really there's cool. a there's a there's a core link for everybody that rides. You know, there's tons of different people that ride, but there's like this very small little atom inside of every person that rides that's like, you're connected on that level, and then everything else is just like fair game. Yeah. It's totally different. You know yeah. what I mean? I think and that's then, what makes it interesting. And then you'll mesh with them or you don't. You know, it's, after that, it's just based off the personality right. that you like and whatnot. But yeah. Exactly. So you, you said that you're not very good at mechanical stuff on the bike. Neither am I. So I'm not I'm not here making fun of you. Bro, anything. I would love to be. Let me ju- <laughs> let me just go ahead and tell you. I would love <laughs> to have that gene in my soul to be able to be like, oh man, something's wrong. Let me just tear yeah, that apart and fix it. Just hearing it. No. How, then why did you go into the rec, uh, wrecked bike build if you have no Bro, the whole point. <laughs> the whole point initially was like, okay. I don't know how to do something. Okay. But I am not, I don't give an absolute shit. Can you cuss on your podcast? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, just make Definitely. sure. Because um, I have a bad problem with that. So Go ahead if and cuss I need the storm. To... <laughs> That's why okay. I have it on a different channel. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Just like, I don't want to get you like demonetized or some mm. shit. Um, so my thought process was, um, my whole point on my channel is like, okay, uh, I started it because I wanted to learn how to ride. And uh, I had never driven a manual car or anything, so oh, okay. I had no clue about anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, rode a bicycle around for a month that's to good. get used to two wheels. Like that's wow. that's where I was when I started. So when my YouTube channel started, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna record this so that when I get down the road, I can laugh at myself, right?" Because <laughs> I was like, "Man, you couldn't ride for shit." Uh, so uh, an opportunity came up with a company, and they were like. We'll give you a free bike if you if you make videos and shout us out. And I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, super awesome opportunity. And I was like, I don't want another bike. I'm good, but this could be a really cool opportunity because it was a wrecked, uh, like salvage company type mm. situation. Okay, and I was like, this will be perfect. Uh, I don't want a bike, but I would like to learn how to work on them. So that's that's kind of how the idea of wreck bike rebuild came. I was like, okay. I want to learn how to work on it. I don't care that I don't know how to, because if I don't know how to, there is at least one other person out there that doesn't know how to do that. So Mm. I'll learn on camera so that other people can watch and hopefully learn from my, what ended up being many mistakes. (laughs) And, uh, and I'll, you know, the game at that point was to figure out a way to fund it to where the money didn't have to come out of my pocket because I didn't really want to do the build it and then try to sell it situation because yeah. like that's that's kind of up in the air you know what I mean like what yeah. if it takes a long time to get it sold what if you can't sell it for the price you need to so that's what led me down the path of Patreon and all that kind of stuff but I mean it's worked out really well still I know way more now than I did yeah but you know when you have uh, when you surround yourself with people that really know what they're doing, so uh, Brian is a freaking genius when it comes to working on bikes. He he sees them differently than yeah. the majority of people. So, kind of surrounding myself with him, like I have definitely learned a lot. I've learned a lot of like little tips and tricks and stuff. But yeah, 
by no means do I know what I'm doing. It would take a lot longer for me to do a build by myself than yeah. than with him. I I know more what not to do than what to do on on a bike. At this point, I should, <laughs> but uh, I try to explain to people. Uh, people watch the show, and <laughs> I get the question of a lot of like, "Bro, we've been through this before." And I try to explain to people that if if it was just me and Brian, if we were like buddies in the garage. I'm sure I would have learned more by uh-huh. now, but what a lot of people don't realize is when we're filming, I, what I have to have in my mind is a lot of stuff, and I'm also trying to learn how to do the stuff on the yeah. bike. So I'm trying to make sure that the show is produced well. I'm con- My eyes are constantly like, is the audio recorder on? Okay, it's still yeah. on. Is the camera still recording? Like, There's so many things in my head while we're filming, mm-hmm. so it... it Often probably looks like I'm stupid as hell, but I try to, uh, there's not really an opportunity to look at the camera and be like, Hey, I'm doing a lot of stuff in my head. Not just, not just working on this bike. So, uh, it's one of the interesting parts of it. I understand that completely. Like when, uh, I tell people not to start motovlogging right when they start riding because of that. Terrible. They're, they're (laughs) thinking up here that the production without the actual safety part of not wanting to crash. So. I, I did that, so I can't I can't say too much, <laughs> but I would I would push somebody in the same direction, like learn what's going on, and then when you start feeling comfortable, because I get a ton of those comments when I you know I've, I've kind of shied away from doing moto vlogs, but mm-hmm. I'm uh, doing more of them now. But I would read the comments of like, oh my god, put your hands on the handlebars, put them on, put them on, <laughs> I and get I'm like that all the time, man. I'm Italian. I talk with my hands. I mean, what right, the heck? but like I have to. Like if yeah. I got one hand on my throttle, it's like look. Even if I wasn't moto vlogging, I would still have one hand on my throttle. I'd have this hand like wherever yep. it's comfortable, and. Obviously, if a car's right in front of me, I ain't gonna be chilling with yeah. one hand. You know, I'm gonna be ready. Yeah. But uh, I <laughs> I see those comments all the time. It's like, look, man, I ride like I ride. That's how it is. Yep. I, yep. As long as I'm making the conscious uh, decision of what I'm doing, yes. I'll be okay. Yeah, and and I personally pick like a road that there's not a lot of traffic. I go at like two in the afternoon during the weekdays, so there's no traffic right. at all. All these different things, but they don't see that because it's riding. And that's what it is. I mean, the production right. behind it, of why we chose all that stuff and the hands off the handlebars, man, I got that for so many years. Um, recently, I got somebody uh, mentioning that I had my, my mirrors folded in and while I was riding with no, no hands on the handlebars, but uh, right. it's the 360 camera that had the distortion. It looked like I had my mirrors folded in. So I, I'm get, I get gotcha. that kind of stuff all the time. I'm like, let's, I'm not going to mention much to that, but... <laughs> Right. Yeah, dude. I I've I remember watching your moto vlogs when I first started. I, I started off as a moto vlogger, and then I kind of transitioned to my own little niche of uh, safety right. and and everything. But I was watching you and and Yummy and and Walterific and all those other guys, and saw you guys right. kind of meeting up. Um, what really made you transition from moto vlogging to like the rec bike build, the gear reviews, all that type of stuff? Um, I mean, I think like obviously when I started out the the sector of YouTube that we exist in was a very different place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after you do the same thing for a really long time, eventually you like run out of ideas to make it different. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm bringing motor vlogs back now because I'm actually have like a renewed interest in it because I haven't done it in a while. But I mean, I looked it up because I figured uh, we would talk about like the channel and stuff like that. Cause I was like, how long, 
have I been doing this? Yeah. And uh, August this year will be 10 years of making motorcycle-focused content wow. on YouTube. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. So, I mean, seven of those were literally just motovlogs. It was, you know, the GoPro and a helmet, yep. and you're that's all you need. Yep. You're good, you yep. know? So I think you just do something long enough to where you're like, I got to do something different. And if you break it down, a first ride is literally a motovlog with some cinematic shots in the beginning. Yeah. So it's not like I'm not doing them. But when I when I say the word motovlog, I mean have some random topic I want to talk about and go out. Don't have any inclination to bring an extra camera to make extra, mm-hmm. you know, B-roll clips or a drone or any type of all the extra stuff. That's kind of what I mean when I talk about um uh, stepping away from doing a moto vlog. So yeah, that's, I think that's the reason just got kind of bored of doing the same thing. Yeah. I saw when you started to add in, uh, we talked about the motion and, or after effects, all that stuff. Um, the production value started going up and up and up. And you mentioned how you like being behind the camera and all that stuff. And I see all the lenses behind you. So obviously that's going to (laughs) be a huge part of what you do. So do you think, uh, your like photography, videography, uh, love really changed how you went? So, uh, quite possibly, because when I started, I wasn't really into uh, cameras at all. I was actually, I think I had just graduated uh, an art school with a degree in game design. So <laughs> I have a, I have a bachelor's of fine arts in um, what is that's technical term is interactive design and game development or okay. something like that. So oh, that's, cool. I, that's what I'm, I'm classically trained as a 3d modeler. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, did, did that for a little while. And as I did the YouTube thing, cause it was, I mean, this is before GoPros were a thing. So yeah. it was interesting to get good helmet footage. Like you're talking like cut a hole out in your helmet and stuff a camera in. Yeah. Uh, I make the oh joke of that's gosh. why my nose is crooked because my, the camera <laughs> that um, that I started out, I, I want to say it was like a Vado HD maybe. I'm not really sure what the name is, but um, do you remember back in the day when there were those little hand cameras that were like were rectangular boxes yeah. and the lens was at the top? Yeah. So the move back in the day before we had GoPros, wow, all the young kids OG out there. OG over here. Bro, you, you stuffed the, he- the camera here and your audio was already good because your mouth was next to the audio and oh then the gosh. lens popped out of the helmet. So everything, so if you closed your visor, it would close the lens in, like, oh, inside no. the helmet with you. It was the sketchiest shit you could do. <laughs> but, that's, that's at, a... look, at the time, that's what you did. Yeah. If you wanted to record, that's what you did. So, um, it was interesting times back then. Yeah, I'll we say, have, did anybody, we have was anybody else doing it? Was anybody else doing that? Oh, God, that? yeah. So I don't remember the, any of that. Yeah, so the OG guy, uh, Mordeth13, was some dude in Taiwan that uh-huh. did it first. Oh, M13. And then, I remember M13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, the fr- as far as I know, that was the first guy doing it. Um, but it was him. And then when I started, there was honestly probably like five other guys. Um, and there's only one of those dudes that still makes content now. Um, Downshift83, have you mm-hmm. ever? Yeah, I've okay, heard of so, him, yeah. So when I started, uh, it was a very interesting time where Downshift was known in the market as the guy does wheelies, yeah. puts it to like Linkin Park music and just rocks it out. And uh, you watch those videos, like 
me being a guy that hadn't started writing yet. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, one day, <laughs> one day I'll do that. Um, so it was, it was much of a different time then, but um, it was, it makes you appreciate now. Mm-hmm. Like I'll make helmet setup videos now and I'm like, one, the quality level. Like I'm using a Hero 8 now yeah. and holy shit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, insane. it's I, gross. I only got the seven, but it's, it's crazy what it can do. Right. So it's insane. And then the audio quality that you can literally just run a mic into your helmet and Mm -hmm. suddenly everything sounds amazing. So I have to remind myself every now and then it's like, I have to take a pause and like, remember the days of old and been Mm -hmm. like, bro, you have it so fucking good right now. (laughs) Have you ever gone back to your old videos and looked at them? Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. It's terrible, dude. So speaking of the helmet thing, there's a video where, um, I started riding in the mountains like a week after I got my first bike. Uh-huh. It was a terrible decision. Oh, no. Uh, but um, it was like my fourth video probably. Met up with some dudes like on a meetup app or something to go ride. And you can see the reflection of the lens in the video because it's stuffed inside the helmet oh, with the gosh. visor down. So video quality has gone up just a wee bit since uh, yeah, yeah. since the start. Yeah, it's good qual- to look back though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of how I see where I came from. You know, there would be like twenty second pauses in between a word I would say, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm bored, and I'm surprised yeah, people actually right. watched me. Um, right now, it's just all about looking at the analytics and seeing where people drop off. You know, did I pause there? Was this on a tangent? All these different things. Right. Um, do you? Look oh, so at- you're into looking at all the details and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at watch time, retention, all that stuff, and just trying to see yep. where it goes. And, and that's kind of where I went from. You know, what you were saying is like, you know, you'll do something. And it's like, ah, it's a, it's mad, but it does good here. You know, how should I integrate that into the channel? Maybe once a month, maybe right. once a week. Um, so you're just like into the first rides, the bike, uh, rebuild stuff. Um, is there anything like super duper planned for 2020, uh, outside of that, uh, um, possible podcast thing that you want to do? Yeah. So the, I mean, the mainstays are, um, the wreck bike rebuild stuff. Obviously we have a solid community of people that, um, really appreciate content to the point that they'll put money behind it, which okay. is the biggest, like, I don't know what the word would be. They're, uh, it's like the biggest, like, hey, I appreciate what you do yeah. type thing. Obviously, views are great, but when somebody appreciates your content to that level, like, that needs to be appreciated, you know, equally. So a lot of my time not only goes to, like, making the builds and stuff, but figuring out the most amount of stuff we can give to those people. Yeah. Because like we, we want to reciprocate the appreciation. Um, but on, on top of that, uh, first rides obviously are always going to be a thing. We have kind of shifted away from just, you know, last year, I, if I, if I wanted to do a bike, I would just call mountain up and be like, Hey, I'm gonna come ride a Ducati Panigale 959 tomorrow. Mm hmm. And it was like, show up with the Jeep literally full of camera gear. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, a first ride, we can rock out in, a, in two days. We can film it in one, edit it in one, and I can have it up uh, the yeah. third day, which is super fast turnaround. But um, I noticed that I would ride a Jixer one week, and the next week I would ride an R3. Mm-hmm. So if I did that, I'd be like, man, this R3 is really slow. Unfortunately, and then I would ride a, 
you know, I don't know, 500 the next week and be like, oh my God, this is so fast. Yeah. So it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. So um, I did a test in the end of 2019. I took all the beginner level sport bikes, the low, lower CCs, mm-hmm. rode them all together. And um, there seemed to be a lot of good reaction to riding all the similar bikes together. Mm-hmm. And not only is that good for everybody else, right? Because if somebody's looking for a low CC sport bike, here's all of them. Yeah. And I can... Uh, you know, they can see all their options, but it also allows me to really feel the differences because what I'm doing is I'm riding those bikes day after day. Mm-hmm. I only do one first ride a day just so I can focus on, on that one bike. But, um, being able to ride an R3 one day, the Ninja 400 the next day, and then the CB 300 or whatever it is, like being able to ride them all together really helps me out. So that's really the main change for 2020 is I'm going to do nothing but that. Yeah. So coming up, we've got the middleweight uh, sport bikes, which is the Ninja 650, the GSXS 750, and I think Honda has a 650 or something mm-hmm. like that. So um, we're gonna keep doing those clusters, and I mean, I think just do do some gear reviews here and there, and that's I mean that that'll cap out my schedule like yeah. real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you are you focused on what the viewer wants, um, or you just you do what they want as long as you like it type thing? Um, that's actually a really interesting question because, uh, up until wreck bike rebuild started happening, you know, it was, I was having to focus on first rides hardcore. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy doing first rides cause I get to, I get to set my camera car up and I mean, just as content, I get to ride all these different motorcycles, yeah. which is a phenomenal situation. <laughs> that's I, huge. I, that a lot of people yeah, don't I, get to do that. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't get to test ride at all, which is, which was honestly what I uh, came into mountain pitching, I think six years ago or something okay. like that. I was like, you know, motorcycles aren't like cars. You can't walk into a bike dealership and be like, hey, I'm thinking of buying that 959. Uh, can I go ride it? Yeah. Dealership's going to be like, hell no, you can't. You yeah, kidding me? Absolutely gonna, not. I've, I've had that. I've, I've had that. They're like, eh, I don't know. I don't right. want to put miles on, the, on, this floor, on this model. You know, let's not yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. Miles is a, is a big deal for them. So, um, you know, going into there and, and setting that up with them was like, hey, a lot of people can't do this. That opens up a sector of the market that people want to know about bikes. And yeah. Not to bash like motorcycle reviewers, but like when Ducati flies you out to Sicily to yeah. ride around the mountains, they put you in a hotel room, they feed you nice food. You're not gonna be like, hey, this 959 rode like shit on the road. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's fucking amazing on a track, but yeah. if you want it for your daily driver, it's a piece of garbage. Yeah. Like, they're not going to say that. Yeah. So I want, like, my thought process with the first rides was like, I want to be like the average guy. I don't know technical terms. Mm-hmm. I barely know CCs at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's pushing it. But um, I don't use, I don't use over technical, you know, terminology. And I, that's a very thought out decision you know i want to be the average guy and granted nobody should start riding on a 959 or a a, like most ducatis in general but yeah um i try to make it very approachable so that no matter what your skill level is if you really know about riding then you'll get what i'm saying yeah and if you have no idea what you're doing with riding you should still uh the feeling should still be translated so um that's that's like a very conscious effort to try to not not talk too technical in yeah. the in the first rides. Have Have you ever looked into uh, adult learning principles and how to make it more relatable to 
uh, I, I'm coming from a coach's standpoint. I had to study yeah. adult learning principles and how to teach adults things that uh, they already have a history of, of how they know things. But if you're able to make it relatable to something, so you mentioned never driving a stick shift. So like if right. I'm able to grab a few students saying, hey, remember when you were driving a, uh, driving a stick shift, you're just reversing things. And, and, and that's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Um, so have you ever like thought about that? Because you're really into... I'm going to uh, uh, talk like a normal person so they can get it. Have you ever looked into something a little bit higher? Uh, no, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> totally, anything I can do to make my content better and more uh, digestible, I'm I'm totally in for. Yeah, so there's been a few times where I've gone into technical terms, especially with the medical side, and you'll realize only the people in the medical field understand it, and then I'll get questions like, what does that even mean? Uh, what are you talking about? Um, Interesting. So I try to like explain it in different different ways. Um, oh, okay. And I think that came from my my uh, uh, history with the fire department, where I had to have that bedside manner of explaining to the patient, "Hey, uh, you have this, this, and this," but then not talk in technical terms. Um, right. But yeah, definitely look into adult learning principles. Uh, it's adult really learning principles. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's a whole different wide range of it. There's the the ones that I really dived in recently was how people can see something and then learn it. Kind of like how you watch somebody throw a baseball. It's like, okay, let me try that. And you automatically know the kind of some of how to do it. There's right. a reason and, and a how that happens. And I'm learning that because I think that's a lot of uh, what happens in the MSF is uh, we'll sit some students back to watch the other students. And then all of a sudden they pick it up. Interesting. That's, yeah. So the whole demo thing, um, how I demo something on the bike, how your demo something on the bike, they're putting themselves in that situation and relating to it. And now that you're talking, not down, but in a common language, layman's terms, they're really able to get into it. So that's kind of where I, I, I came through with, with that. Yeah. So I'm learning. No, I that mean, too. I love that because like, that's one of the, I mean, that's the majority of the content is like first rides and people being able to like learn what I'm doing and teach them that way. And then wreck by Creeble, it's all that. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that I really love about super said helpful. That. Yeah, you're talking about how I have no idea. I got a, I got this guy that that shows me a lot of stuff, and let's learn together. Um, right. I think that's that's really helping people. And if you've seen like an uptick of I don't know views or watch time um, with certain things like that, and it's where you're kind of like, well, I don't know. Let's learn together. Then you might be grabbing that audience of, uh, oh, I can relate to this. I can understand because he's as dumb as me. Interesting. <laughs> type I of have thing. Never, like that, that is something I've literally never thought about. Um, just because like everything's kind of how I try to make videos for how I would want to watch it type mm -hmm. thing. Being somebody that doesn't know what they're doing in a certain situation, so yeah. um, I do think that's one benefit I have is like I don't I don't care at all to learn on camera. Like yeah. I'm not going to get embarrassed by not knowing anything. I get absolutely so frustrated when um, people try to act like they know stuff. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're embarrassed to not know it. Yeah, I'm like. I don't care how smart you are. That dude that's making fun of you for not knowing something, he doesn't know a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, so there's like, other stuff I he get, doesn't know. Yeah. Right. I get really frustrated when when people try to, like, embarrassed that they don't know anything. Like, nobody should ever be embarrassed for not knowing something. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm, like, I am passionately going to show people that I don't know something and not give a fuck about it. Because, yeah. like, otherwise you're just going to live this, like, fake life of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that for sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. I have having no clue what the person's talking about. And then just regurgitate what you've heard online or, or something. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. Usually so the much. second question 
uh, gets to the to the meat of it when you really know if somebody knows something. You, yeah, if you go that question. one, if if anybody asks that person one step yep. past their like little knowledge curtain, yep. everything they open it up and it's just like nothing. It's like, yeah. well, this person said this, and this is what I follow. Like, it turns into that. It's like, okay, and and that's fine. I mean, if it gets you to that first step, then right. Let's see if we can get to the second and third and fourth and fifth. And right. Sixth, yeah. Well, what happens on Rick Bike Rebo, and people are always like, "Why are your episodes so long?" And I was like, "Because when Brian tells me something, he'll tell me some crazy shit." I'm like, "Whoa, okay. Um, why? Like, yeah. why? Why do you use uh, grease in that one scenario?" And he's like, "Oh." I mean, he goes deep in it, and I'm yeah. just like, bro, I hope the camera picked that up because yeah. I'm I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> I got lost two sentences after I asked why. Um, but hopefully, you know, people watching the video can digest things easier than than I can on yeah. the day. But <laughs> that's what ends up making most of the episodes way long because he goes into like, and we cut a shit ton of it oh, out. I, oh, I bet. <laughs> um, but uh, but the stuff that does make it is it's super super detailed info, which is. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully and, helpful. And that goes back into the conversation thing where you're just recording a conversation because I'm sure he's not putting on an act for the camera. He's just talking to you. And, yeah, exactly. And somebody's going to learn from that. And I'm sure he has some war stories or some regular stories. You know, in the fire service, it's all war stories, you know, what call right. he went on. Um, and then people will learn from that. It's the whole relatability thing that I think is right. huge. A lot of people relate to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Brian is not able to put any face on. He's just one of those guys that unapologetically doesn't give a single shit and he is what he is and th that's what you get. So I think that's, I think that's just awesome. with anybody that works on, on anything. Cause when I talk to Scott, he's a motorcycle tech and he's just same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. We, this is, uh, this either works or it doesn't. And if it doesn't yeah. work, we're going to find a way to make it work. That's interesting. So, so yeah, maybe mechanics have, like, there's, like, a certain way a mechanic's brain just yeah. thinks. And, and it doesn't they, work for me. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I want to. I, I, I truly want to. And I'm sure it frustrates the shit out of Brian when yeah. uh, we're working on stuff. But it's interesting how different people just kind of, like, gravitate. I don't know if they were born like that or... Like maybe that's just how they learn that they like grab that knowledge better. But this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. You have a conversation with yeah. a, a motorcycle mechanic and you're like, your brain thinks in such a weird way, yep. but that's so good for you yeah, <laughs> because that's great. it works out so well. I can pick out maybe 10% of what you're saying, but I'm learning 10% more than what I did. And that's, yeah. that's kind of where yeah. I go with all my conversations. Right. You know? It's awesome to surround yourself with people that are like, different in key ways because if you just like surround yourself with people that are like you you kind of have this like group understanding and nobody really like learns yeah. in the way that you want to learn but if you surround yourself with people that are like your polar opposite not that brian's my polar opposite but uh <laughs> he there i have a deficit he has a lot of knowledge over there yep. so it's uh it turns out to be a pretty good mix to mix yourself with people like that have you, have you been doing that uh, a lot in the past few years? Because you say we a lot when it comes to to your videos, so I'm assuming you have a team. <laughs> the so guy, yeah, the guys, the guys make fun of me a lot. I uh, so I do we in both ways. When I do something by myself, I still say we. Yeah. And when I ask one of them to do something and they do it, I will then say we did that type okay. thing. So I I get shit on it from both ends. But yeah, we um, I, I have a team of people <laughs> that helps me make the content that we produce. Okay. Um, 
so the way that looks is I've got a, I obviously have me and Brian on the Rec Back Rebuild show and, uh, we'll have, we have an editor and then obviously Luke is holding the camera cause it floats around and yeah. we don't have that little guy on Mario that, you know, floats on the cloud <laughs> yet. Uh, we couldn't afford that guy. See, that's relatable. I understand that. Right. Perfect. <laughs> See, I'm already, I'm already getting the, uh, teach people in the correct way. There you go. Um, and we just brought on a producer to help, uh, we make a lot of content and we have a current issue where I'm bottlenecking the process of, cause I have to touch everything to get onto mm-hmm. Patreon. So I brought on a producer recently to help that process. So there's generally four of us total. Yeah. Um, and then my wife does some stuff like she'll, she does driving for the camera car. Most of the time, if like if we do a first ride, mm-hmm. uh, Heather's going to be driving the car. So, okay. um, five people on the reg that, uh, helps produce all the content. Wow. That's, uh, when did that start to happen? And when did you feel like you needed to start doing that? Um, everything I could handle the entire channel and all the social media and all the emailing up until I think season two of wreck bike rebuild, because, um, wreck bike rebuild was the real big shift of it. It would take two days of research to prep for the episode Mm-hmm. It would take an entire day, like start at nine, end at six type of, of filming to film the episode. And then it would take three to four days of editing. So that's two, three, four, like I'm out of, I'm out of days of the week wow. yeah. and I don't have a weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it started out with bringing on somebody to kind of help the pre-production of that video. Like, I don't need to research now. Like when we film an episode, obviously like we have a general idea of mm-hmm. where the build's going to go. Like that's, that's kind of the first initial part of a wreck bike rebuild. It's like, all right, we got this wreck bike. What do we want it to look like and how do we get there? Um, so first off was getting somebody to help find, help me find the best place to get certain parts and stuff like that and try to keep that managed. Oh yeah. That's a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not a lot for a single person's bike, but when you put it into a timeline that we're trying to work into, uh, it does become a little time consuming to like, what's the best place that can get it for, get us to us for the best price. And do they want to work with us type thing? You know, like there a lot goes into it. Um, and then with the ZX 10, we had to swap the frame, which for me was like, wow. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, That's a lot of work. This is going to be interesting. So, cause I did the monster by myself, which is the f- season one, um, the ZX 10, I brought Brian on because I was like, he was the guy that, um, at the end of season one, I just took the monster up there to be like, can you guys make sure that this thing's not going to fall apart? Yeah. Also, do you mind if I film it? And, uh, Brian just <laughs> ended up being the mechanic to be like, of, of all the mechanics in that shop, he was like, I don't give a fuck. He can... He can record me. I don't care. <laughs> which is perfect. A, that sounds like it is. It's it's a mechanic for you, right? There. Right. I'm glad that I'm glad that you uh, did the podcast with Scott, so now yeah. we can relate yeah. over like what See? it's like uh, talking with a mechanic. But um, so yeah, Brian was the guy working on the monster to make sure that I didn't fuck shit up too bad. Um, and then we just kind of like grew a friendship from there. And we got to, I was halfway through the ZX-10 working on it by myself. And when I realized the frame was going to have to get swapped out, I was like, Brian, you want to come over to my house and like mm-hmm. work on the bike? Um, and it started like that. And then 
I that's when I realized how much knowledge he has. And I was like, there's no way I can give people this much knowledge th- through me. Because mm-hmm. like having to translate it through Brian, I was like, stuff's going to get lost. So yeah. um, we did a couple episodes, you know, and, and a lot of stuff on camera has to be like, obviously he has to really know what he's doing, but we also have to jive well, because if there's like this weird, yeah. like y- you can't film that, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, you don't want to kind of just, you don't want to, it's like, yeah, you don't want to film that. And it's going to just be awkward if the mechanic and the guy doesn't seem like they're buddies type thing. And, um, luckily me and Brian just hit it off. We're totally opposite people, but we, we jive well. So, um, brought Brian on and that, that freed up a ton of my time to not have to like, I, I always know what we're going to film, but you never know what's going to happen. So that would always be what took a lot of time filming. And now if shit hits the fan, I can just be like, Brian, what the fuck do we do now? You know what yeah. I mean? And, and he just knows. Yeah. Because that's how his brain, it doesn't matter if it's a Kawasaki, a Ducati, a Honda, a, a Suzuki. It's just like mechanic brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, and he, it, he figures stuff out really well. So that's when we brought Brian on. I think after that is when we actually got Luke holding camera and like that's that's the team. Like the team all focuses around wreck bike rebuild. Like I handle if anything's not wreck bike rebuild, I do it by myself. Yeah. Um first rides I have the camera car situation, but as far as all the editing and stuff, the only thing I don't edit and don't film is wreck bike rebuild. Okay. Okay. Team wise. Um, team wise. Okay. So going from moto vlogging to to this high production thing, did you make that conscious choice to like I'm going to focus on behind the camera with all all those lenses you have and and all that stuff? Are you focused on that now? Do you feel like it um, has to go that route? It it definitely doesn't. It, it it's actually the opposite. So when I started, you know, I was the I was a games producer. I was uh, I was literally producing online games at Cartoon Network type thing. I was mm-hmm. not into cameras at all. Okay. Um, and yeah, other than like eventually the GoPro on the helmet, that was the only camera I really had, but I think the bug just bites you. You know, you take a couple photos and you're like, that looked cool. Yeah. I like this, you know, and you, you start going down that route and it was a really interesting situation. I, I used a camera just to document to begin with. And then somewhere after I started taking it seriously, you know, you just have this like, oh, I'm really interested in making stuff look as good as I can. All the to the point now that like that is probably my number one passion mm-hmm. is the cinematography and all that kind of stuff. And then like I'm obviously passionate about motorcycles, else I wouldn't have been doing this for a decade yeah. and I wouldn't be able to continuously make content. But if uh, if I was going to have to say one was more important than the other to me, I get more satisfaction after ending a video that I put a lot of time and effort into than I do. I mean, it's hard to say because like motorcycling is motorcycling. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to replace or can yeah. replace that. But um, if I if I had to choose, cinematography would be my thing. My wife is also a wedding photographer. Or, okay. Yeah, wedding photographer. So like the lenses are not all those mine. Are all re- those <laughs> are all rented. It, it, yeah, right. It's, <laughs> your, it's a group effort. Wall. So it works out really well, though, um, that she's a wedding photographer because I, I actually go to weddings with her and I'm her okay. like second shooter type situation. Oh, okay. So yeah, it works really out. It works great for us. And um, 
we both have our own schedules type situation. So couldn't really ask for better job stuff. Wow. And, and then all the, all the weddings are always on the weekends. Yeah. So I can focus on my work Monday through Friday. And then if we have a wedding on the weekend, we go shoot it on Saturday. And, you know, she handles all her admin stuff throughout the week, you know, emailing clients and going in on meetings with them and stuff like that. So, and that way we can all, we can share gear. As long as we're both on Canons, which we're a Canon family over yeah, here. I got a Canon too, so that's cool. Good. Then I'll continue this podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I used to shoot, I actually, I used to shoot on Sony cameras and then, um, it was. I think that was during Direct Bike Rebuild Season 2 as well. I was like, man, if I shot on Canon, if I shot my videos on Canon, I could literally shoot my work during the week, and I could use my same camera on the weekends shooting yeah. with her. Um, and that was actually one of the main drivers for me switching to the whole whole Canon side of stuff. Yeah, your, your production value uh, really sets you off from uh just motive logs i mean i i see just a lot of people like you're saying only like downshift and a few others are still making content or started a long time ago um but transitioning to almost a show like i i would see your uh notification and be like okay this new bike just came out you did the ride review i'm like okay that's cool i'm gonna look at that and watch kind of how you do things and i saw all the the motion graphics and then you did the right uh wrecked uh bike rebuild so that that's a show and then right. the gear reviews and then the tips. The tips weren't just like, uh, I mean, I looked at my some of my early ones, and it's where I just mentioned the tips, and I didn't, that was it. Right. Um, but like yours were like, okay, this is why, this is how, uh, this right. is the price of whatever it is, and then this is definitely why you should do it. So I remember watching like your, your hot gear uh, tips where you had the right. cooling vest, and I'm like, that is super interesting. I never thought of that, so... I think when I see your channel, it's a show. Like it's it's a legit show. Uh, that means a lot. I appreciate. Yeah, it. no, it, uh, that's that's good. what drives me to keep keep doing the stuff. Good, good. I I I think that's why you're still at the top of of what what we're doing here is that you transition from not necessarily low quality because you can have some amazing content with just a GoPro and no mic as long as it's how right. you shoot it, but. Uh, the dedication involved into producing an actual show is it's what's really big. So that's why I'm really fascinated with which way you're going in 2020 because, you know, there's shows change and you probably right. have ideas like me. Like I, I, the way you're talking, I'm thinking it's like, oh, he's got this analytical creative mind thing going on like, like I do. I can't shut it off. So I'm right. wondering what type of shows and what type of stuff you got going on. Dude, it doesn't shut really. off. It's Right. It it never shuts off. I literally woke up at three o'clock in the morning the other night out of a dead sleep yep. because I had an idea for um for like a little thirty second ad for the end of Wreck Bike Rebo, because I've never done ads before. Yeah. Um but I'm like, that would be something interesting because like, once the once the Panigale is finished, like that is going to be a showstopper motorcycle. Uh-huh. So I'm in my head I'm like, I want to start playing around with like ads, like put a a certain budget to a YouTube ad or something like that. But yeah. I was, I like, nobody likes watching ads. So I'm yeah. like, so how do I make a good ad? Randomly woke up at three o'clock in the morning, grabbed my phone, grabbed my notes app. And I'm like writing the script out. Yeah. And Heather wakes up and she's like, what are you doing? What? Do you, Cause I'm the guy in the relationship. I'm the one that goes to bed early and wakes up early. 
And mm-hmm. that's that's my sector. So the fact that I was up at three o'clock in the morning typing on my phone was like super out of character. Yeah. And I was like, I got this script. I need to write it down before I forget it. And it's I don't know if we'll end up doing it. Um, but if we do, I think it'll be funny. But um it's it it that was just like super random <laughs> that happened. But yeah, it never shuts off. Yeah, it, I, it's always like there type thing i i feel the same way i got when you're saying that i have like a uh was a video series to-do list like anytime mm-hmm. i come up with an idea i just write it down like all the ones in red i've already done so you can see how it's mostly not red so i Perfect. have way too many ideas right. going through my brain and then you know you try something and it's like oh that's it's once again it's meh um maybe maybe what i did the topic was good but how i did it was wrong like i was gonna say so to because you you said something earlier that kind of like made me think about the the way I'm thinking about the Inner Sunday series, but also the way that I think about content in general is there has to be obviously um, there has to be a balance of like what does well and what drives you to continue doing stuff because mm-hmm. anybody on YouTube that literally does things because it gets a lot of views they're going to burn out. They're mm-hmm. going to s- stop giving shit because they're not doing it. They're doing it for numbers mm-hmm. and numbers are something that are going to constantly go up and down. And for no reason, you can put a year into a video and it could do bad. And you could put 30 seconds into a video that you filmed with a phone yeah. and it could do better. Yeah. So if you're chasing that view thing, you're that's not a long, like long-term thing that you're yeah. going to be able to constantly be happy with what you're doing. So, just because a video does meh, you could still justify continuing doing that type of thing because one, you're going to get better at making the video and eventually your audience is going to learn what to expect because something um, that I kind of went through with the Any Run Sunday stuff is everything was totally different. And because of that, like if somebody sees a first ride on my channel, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yep. There's going to be nothing different other than the motorcycle that's between my legs and in front of the camera. Yep. If you see an episode of Wreck Bike Rebuild, it's going to be the same dudes in the same garage doing the same thing. But the first first ride, nobody knew what that was. So the first time you do anything, just because it does bad, doesn't mean you don't need to do it. It just means you need to educate your audience more on what they can expect out of that. Yeah. I have no doubt that if I continued to do any written Sundays, I'd have been able to do them faster, better, and people would have started watching them more. Cause it's, it's good content, or at least I think so. Yeah. So that's something super important to keep in mind. Like do the things that drive people to your channel, but then it's super important to continue to do the th- like passion projects, like, and views should not matter on those passion yeah. projects. Cause you'll stop doing them, which yeah. is, says the guy that stopped doing it even Sunday for two yeah. years. But um, yeah, that's that's something to keep in mind because I did go through a, a sector of like, you know, being in, into the analytics, if you put a video out, you can watch it day by day, hour by hour, and like how many comments are coming in, how many likes, when are people dropping off. And you can get so granular that you just like stop thinking about the content. It just mm-hmm. becomes like a numbers game. Yeah. Um, and numbers go up and down type thing especially on like my channel is kind of weird because i have series right so if somebody subscribes yeah. they could subscribe from a first ride which is the vast majority of the people on my channel have subscribed to the channel from a first ride mm-hmm. which is fine like that 
kind of content goes out to the most people. YouTube loves promoting first runs, oh, yeah. which is great, great for me. Um, but YouTube doesn't promote as well 35-minute videos of dudes working on a motorcycle. Yep. It doesn't matter because the income streams are totally different, right? Like yeah. Patreon versus YouTube ads. So everything makes financial sense. But if I judged a wreck bike rebuild on why did that video is not as good because it didn't get as many views as this Jixer uh, 1000 first ride. Yeah. It kind of like, it's a weird thing on my channel because then if I have an ad company come up and be like, hey, what are the average views on your channel? Yeah. I'm like, on what show? Because like, if you're talking a first ride, I can almost guarantee you 100,000 views. Oh, yeah. If you're talking a wreck bike rebuild, I don't know. Uh, it could go, for, I mean, it could be down. It could be like 30,000, which mm -hmm. is not down. Like, that's a lot of people watching a video. But in the it's, scheme of the entire channel, yeah. You know, it looks like, oh man, your first stars are so much better um, as far as an advertiser goes. So yeah. that's stuff you really have to keep in mind with the type of content because if you want to do something long-term, you have to be passionate about it. Yeah. I got a, con a comment on, um, I, I put a, we just got done with a CBR 500. We did like a refresh type situation, mm -hmm. which is basically a, a mini wreck bike rebuild. And um, he said something about the, I didn't seem passionate because I said something about uh, I don't typically work on on Sundays or mm -hmm. on the weekends in general. I I block that time off for family and stuff like that. And I made the comment of like I'm having to record this video on a Sunday and I don't typically work on Sundays. He was like, "You don't seem passionate because you don't work on Sundays." And I'm I'm sure I misunderstood it or something. Oh yeah, um, I, I get those all the time too. Yeah, but it was like I don't want you to misunderstand. The literal best part of my job is anytime I'm riding a motorcycle. Period. End of end of question. If I get to record myself riding, that's the pinnacle of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's two percent of my actual work time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So on a first ride, I'm there the entire day. <laughs> I go for a 30 minute ride. Yeah. But I'm there the entire day. Yeah. So what happens to the other eight hours of the day? You know what I mean? So um just helping people understand that I am passionate, but they only see like this, this much, you know yeah. what I mean? Of You, you understand the amount oh, of yeah. time emailing people to get them on your podcast. How much time <laughs> do you spend doing that? I got a whole list right here. <laughs> it would make people sick. I bet oh, if they're like, man. if you, if they knew you probably spend more time emailing than you do actually talking to people, it'd be like, Oh, Oh, Goodness. That, that's why I wanted to uh, to hire my wife to handle the emails and and dealing with some certain things and right. I still want to do all of it though. I mean, same thing. I put my hand on every little thing. Um, yeah. You mentioned about burning out. I I remember seeing that you took a certain amount of time off, like at the end of the year. Uh, yeah. That you've been doing that though, right? You've been doing it consistently now. Yeah. So we we call it I don't, we call it radio silence. I don't know mm -hmm. why. It was basically just. Um, my time to not have a video coming out next week because yeah. my, my, my brain does not exist in the current week that we're living in. If, if I don't know what's happening tomorrow, yep. I am far down shit Creek and paddles don't exist there. So, um, Oh yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. So it's the type of thing where that break honestly starts the last week of videos because I'm always worried about like, all right, what's, what's next week's video. So for this week I was like, all right, on Tuesday, I got my video coming out in the morning. I got to, you know, run, grab a license plate after that. And then I got this podcast thing afterwards. So, like, you got to 
if, if, if I'm thinking the same day, I'm, I'm pretty screwed. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I, I literally have to know what's coming up this next week. Uh, what times are these certain things? And then after that, I'm stressed about it. <laughs> right. But, but that's the good thing about, so like with the motorcycle industry, I've been doing it enough years to where like, there's a certain part in the year that I'm not gaining or losing anything yeah. by not putting content out. And as far as my channel goes, cause like channels are different, like another motorcycle channel could perform super fucking good in the, in the beginning of the year for whatever reason, mine doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'll take off two weeks, three weeks, whatever ends up feeling right during the time. And that way I get to just exist. I do a lot of work during that, but as you know, it's like, it's admin shit. It's yeah. setting up stuff, setting up calendars or whatever. Um, but it's just a time where I don't have to get stressed out about what photo is going to get posted on Instagram. Am I going to tweet anything? What videos are going to come out? Who's going to edit those? When am I going to have to edit those? Like all that crap. I can just be like, cool. Yeah. I, I'll do some work during the day. And then at lunchtime, I'm going to go hang out with my wife for the rest of the day. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it's it's just a time to kind of get away from the little bubble that we have to live in as content creators. Yeah. And just this constant churn of like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing to do? I have started like trying to be okay with if no videos come out one week, it, it's it's really not the fucking end of the world. Yeah. You make YouTube videos for yeah. crying out loud. Like worst case scenario, somebody's going to be like, oh man, didn't get a video. Get yeah. one next week. Type yeah, I mean, you got you have plenty of evergreen content where if you do take a week off, it's not like, well, I can't pay my mortgage this month if I took a week off. Right. And, and that's something that that helps as well because you see that, yeah, like, I mean, you look at analytics, so you know that there's a river, and the river yeah. spikes when a video yep. comes out, and then it goes right back to the river. Yep. Um, so that helps reinforce that, because I don't know about you, but it is easy as a content creator to sometimes feel like, if I stop, everything dries up. It goes yep. away, like that. Yep. And it, yeah, it's a, it, that's it, a real I fear. I had to actually test it out, and it's it's not founded at all. Yeah, and even though you know it, It'll still creep oh, yeah. in the back of your head. It happens every single year. Like I, I start doing radio sounds. So the first day is like, fuck yeah, <laughs> chilling. And then day two, I'm like, y'all still here? Hello? <laughs> yeah. I want to make a video. I want to I make a video now, you know, the second day. I, I, I had to do that recently. <clears throat> and it wasn't for a week. It was, um, I think it was like Wednesday evening. I'm like, man, my brain is just done. Sorry, guys, no stream tomorrow, no video Friday. I'll be back Monday. So, I mean, it was just like a five, four-day weekend, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I felt that the second day. I was like, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and stream today or I'll make a video for Friday. It's like I'll just get back into it, suck it up. Right. But I've noticed that, uh, and this goes back to, to the stuff I learned about the adult learning principles, and then also I dive into my own mental health and figure out why certain things work. But uh, sharpening the blade, like um, with chainsaws or an axe, like you're just constantly hitting that tree and it's like it works. And then all of a sudden it's not working as much and you're wondering why. And if you just took 10 minutes to sharpen that blade, you can go back in uh, and do it. So for me, like I have to sharpen the blade a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like with the way my brain works, it's just consistently on all the time. I have to sharpen the blade. And my version of that is going for a walk with my dog twice a day um, and just kind of thinking. But during that time of, of off, like being off, I came up with some crazy ideas of what I wanted to do. Right. 
And some of those really work. Like that's what's kept the channel going. Cause I, like I said, I originally started off writing and doing music stuff. So I'd cut the, the uh, videos in to the beat and right. I thought that was fun and I enjoyed it. But then I transitioned to, to doing other things. And every single time I took a break and I came back, it's like, oh, let's try this. And it works. Right. And it does this. Yeah. You like open up a section of your brain that normally just gets filled with like the monotony of the stuff yep. you have to do all the time. Yeah. Yep. I've noticed that the biggest improvements I've had, um, like quality wise, as far as like helmet audio or camera stuff, has been where. I slowed the fuck down mm -hmm. and was like, instead of putting a video out this Friday, I'm going to specifically not put a video out, but the day that I would have spent editing that video, I'm literally just going to dedicate to solving whatever problem it is, you know, yep. like whether it be like wind noise in a helmet or, you know, just some super niche issue that uh, only us people that do yeah. this would understand. Yeah. I'm going to solve that problem. And that's where I've noticed that I have the biggest improvements in whatever that is because it's like everything can chill the fuck out i'm going to solve a problem mm -hmm. that i complain about every fucking time i edit an episode of <laughs> yeah. me filming usually that's when you find is when you're editing you're like fuck it's wind noise well yeah it's every hell? episode you're like oh my god i can't go over 35 and look down like yep. i have to look i have to look straight and don't proceed over the the speed but if you just like like because it still works you know, in yeah. my head, I feel for whatever reason, I guess, because it's like I work for myself. I feel like I have to be working all the time. Yeah. So else I feel like I'm being lazy or something like that. Oh, I, I know, know that feeling. Man. I need to work on that mental part of my brain. Yeah. I need to be able to learn to chill. But um, I would have to just convince myself. It's like, look, you're still working and you're going to you're helping make your product better at the end of the day. So yeah. um, those are the times I've had the biggest like jump in quality because like with all the camera stuff dude one setting can change the whole game yeah. especially with gopros and shit oh yeah when i started using nd filters it was life-changing as, as, as far as i perceive my own content a yeah. lot of people want me to shoot like um 4k 60 and stuff like that but yeah. i hardcore believe in shooting in 24 frames a second and having motion blur like i'm experiencing okay the the moment um but like I, I remember the first day that I wasn't happy with my GoPro footage and I did that. I was like, I'm not putting a video out this Friday. I'm going to spend time and research how to make my GoPro footage look better. Looked into it, found out they make little tiny indie filters for GoPros. And yeah. I was like, cool, let's do that. You know, let's order that up, order the stuff, did some more research that day. A couple weeks later, everything's in and I'm testing around with it and I'm like, oh my God. I can have I can have the world in my GoPro look like how I'm seeing shit. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, you, uh, it's, it, it looks different, like when the, from the yeah. footage to what you see, and it's like, man, I wish I could share this. That's that's cool. I need to look right. into that then. Yeah, uh, shoot me a note. Uh, I'll give you my number and everything. I can uh, show you how to how to do everything. But oh yeah, it's, I want to learn that. It will totally change what your footage looks like, because cool. like it, it, the way the way you're riding around. Let's just say you're going down the highway. On the other side of the highway, there's a, a red Porsche. If you yeah. want to see that car, what do you have to do? Well, you have to look at it. Yeah. It, well, well, yeah. So yeah. don't do this if you're riding a motorcycle. But if you want to watch that car go by, you have to look at that car and you have to watch it fly by. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be this little red blur of stuff that happens. And there's something about you miss the stuff you're not looking at 
type of deal with the setup when you have ND filters that mm. I fucking love. Maybe it's because like you don't get everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. With with like sixty frames a second with no slow shutter, everything's in focus and you see everything at all times. And that's not fair. You're not Spider-Man. That's how he lives. You're not him. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And you don't have great responsibility. Um, but, th- yeah, there's something about that that I just, like, I really, uh, I can actually watch my motor vlogs and appreciate the content when it's when it does that, I guess. Are you, are you appreciating it because you know that, hey, I put an ND filter here or I moved the mic in this certain spot of the, the helmet and I changed the dead cat to this and now it's, a little, it's like 10% better here. Do you do you notice that yourself, or do um, and you're like, man, I really love this, or do you see um, that uh, viewers even see that? <laughs> Good question. Um, I don't know if viewers see it or not. I, I, you know, you get comments here and there of like, hey, that was cool, uh, but I'm sure the the mass of people don't give a single shit. Yeah. But as far as that kind of goes back to the thing, like you know. We have setups these days that look phenomenal out the box. Yeah. So you ain't got to do anything. But if I want to stay interested in doing what I'm doing, I, I, I am not okay with feeling complacent and be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. That, that yeah. GoPro is fine. Yeah. I don't need to shoot in 4K. I'll be okay in 1080. This is great. I can't do that. I'll get really bored and I'll, I'll, I'll go open a production company and do shit. You know what I mean? I wouldn't continue doing what I'm doing, but those little steps, you know, it's that whole situation of like 80% versus 20%. It takes 80% of the time to finish the last 20% of like that, that polish. Um, that is what keeps me interested in doing what I'm doing. Hmm. You know, that's why I I think I swayed toward the camera stuff because like, don't nobody got a camera car on first rides. But your boy does, and it is yeah. super cool to do that shit every time we do a first ride. So I'm, I'm super interested in, in in how you progress because, like, I, all I can think about is is how I create content. And this is one thing I'm learning when I'm talking to everybody, is that it's almost the same thing where you are are thinking of something, how to do it, but then how to get it to the audience and how they can learn or entertainment or whatever it is what way can I make it happen? So like when, when I would say, let's say I do a first ride, I'm just going to ride and I have a 360 camera and then my GoPro. But then you're like, well, nobody has a car up front with a nice camera. And then how about I add in some more motion graphics? So like these little itty bitty things, like 10 itty bitty things makes this huge package. Right. And that's what I like said, I noticed from you is that you had those graphics. I'm like, man, nobody's I, I know what, how long that takes for me to do, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't do it because, like, I suck at it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, that I appreciate that. Um, so as when I mentioned the the viewer, like, do they ever notice that stuff? Because I notice it. Um, right. And I'm assuming some of your viewers notice the transition from just normal, like, point and shoot to high production value. Um, right. Do you... And I, and I, this is how I talk. I throw out a bunch of questions, so don't worry about not answering all of them. Um, don't worry, dude. I'll ramble forever. Don't worry. Just, no, just ring me back in. Just be like, the, okay, I love the it. question was. <laughs> the love it is, uh, that's why, that's why we have a podcast here. So we can just talk. Right. Um, the main thing that I was trying to get at is that, uh, a lot of my creativity and, and how I do things is, is dependent on, is anybody else doing that? Is anybody right. else talking about this? I want to find the niche. I want to find out what I'm known for. 
Um, but then I also want to deliver it in a way where it's helpful to somebody. So how do I do this? I'm always asking myself how, right. um, is that something no, that, that you kind of go in your head? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, with first ride specifically, I feel, it, it, I kind of feel like, I think I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I feel an obligation to give people as much, uh, I try to do everything they could possibly want in a first ride. So mm-hmm. when it started out, um, it was just, it, like you said, it was like a moto vlog. It's like, hey, today I'm going to be riding an FZ6R. I'm going to ride it around for 20 minutes, and I'm going to tell you guys how I think about it. And then by constantly doing them and having that part of my brain that constantly yeah. wants it to be better, first rides is a show that is entirely driven on making the best type of content that I can for the people watching it. So, and that's the most popular thing. So that is what I'm thinking about. So it was, okay, I'll write it around so people know, you know, what I feel about it. So then it's, okay, well, if somebody is in, this is the way I, my thought process. I love it. I'm following along. Don't worry. (laughs) So like my thought process is, okay, if my name's John and I walk into mountain motorsports and I got the cash. I'm ready to go, and I want to get a Ducati 959. I keep saying 959 because that's, that's the bike I have to deal with all the time. So that's <laughs> that's what's in my head. If you can't tell, um, so my name is John. I'm walking into Mountain Motorsports. I want to go ride that bike. I want to know how it rides. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to walk around that bike and look all over it because bikes look good yeah. the majority of the time. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. So how can I simulate that in a video? So, okay, I'll, I'll get a slider and I'll do these long slides so people can, you know, get a little bit of motion because I'm, I'm not really a big fan of just like tripod type yeah. shot. Um, so I was like, person typically going to look around a bike before they go for a ride. Then um, we started adding in the motion graphics for... I, I played around with like, it has this much horsepower and it's this size engine and... We've kind of shied away from that because it's not the type of video. Like, did, did you feel like that was you though? I mean, like for me, I tried that too, and I'm like, man, I don't know any of this shit. Why am I saying it? Exactly, exactly. Okay. But like, if so, being John, like, if I go into a dealership, that information's not sitting on a motorcycle. Yeah. If I want to look that up, I'll go watch an info video about this bike. So yeah. I look the way I process that content is it's totally different from what a first ride is. Um, something within the last year or so that we added was the sound check. So now uh-huh. if like that is super important, right? Be like, how good my bike sound. Yeah. So yeah. we, we roll the bikes out into the front of mountain. I, you know, I got a nice microphone. I put it at the exhaust and I don't do a flyby yet, but I just sit there and rev the bike up. Cause if you're at a bike night and somebody's like, Oh shit, you got to do Ducati nine, five, nine. What's that exhaust sound like? Yeah. You're going to crank it up, going to put it in neutral and you're going to rev it up. So we added that. And then um, I think the the follow car one I'm infatuated with follow car shots, so I yeah, think that's cool. the coolest shit ever. Yeah, they look and cool. I had no appreciation for how much work it took to get high speed, high quality, stable footage. Yeah, like fuck if that ain't hard. But I digress. My thought process was okay. Let's be <laughs> real, right? We're motorcyclists. We give uh-huh. a shit what our bike looks like. Yeah. And even more so, 
we give a shit about what we look like riding the motorcycle. Yep. So I want to know what that Camry thinks of how cool I look with my helmet that matches my jacket, that matches my motorcycle. Yeah. So um, that was kind of like, okay, if we set all this up, if I go down this path of camera car stuff, at least that'll let the person watching the video know Hey, if you get this bike, this is what you're gonna look like riding down yeah. the road. When you're on the highway tucked in and trying to get all the wind over you, this is what you're gonna look like. So you're Are you gonna be into, cramped up looking? <laughs> you're playing into people's vanity. That's perfect. I mean, it is what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, like it if is. people if people want to admit it or not, like you m- the majority of people give a shit of what their bike looks like and what they look like, and that's why you buy accessories for your bike. That's why that's why Icon is as big of a fucking company as it is they because they know stuff, yeah. they know that their shit looks good and people want to look good with their motorcycles. Yeah. So like it is what it is. If yeah. people want to admit it or not, that's fine. Well, and, and YouTube's a visual medium, so I mean obviously you play into right. the visuals of it. So yeah. Right. So that was the <laughs> that was my um reasoning for going down this path of like Let's do a camera car with it. So then all we do is we go out, we film a first ride. I have a route that I always go around. And then I do that route once with the GoPro by myself. Mm-hmm. Get back, set the camera car up, and then I follow the camera car around the exact same route. Wow. And that way, if I if I cut the camera car footage, not only does it give that viewer a view of what they look like, but secret tip, it lets me cut footage and you have no clue there's cuts. It, yep. You think you're riding that entire route with me. Little do you know, there's a hundred little sushi cuts all the way through that video. I understand that feeling, man. I, I When yep. I screw up my, my vocals or whatever, my face cam and my 360, it's a cut. But then if you look closely, you'll notice that I'm not in the same area exactly. Yes, right exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's camera it, magic. And, and not that, yeah, camera <laughs> magic. <laughs> you see nothing. <laughs> um but uh, that was, that was yeah, Star it, Wars. I I get it. I got it, bro. I've I've been like so into Star Wars ever since my wife and I did a Disney half marathon recently, and we oh, I did then that. I went did that to, a couple years ago. That's really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. It was uh, Galaxy's Edge at uh, Disney World no, or not, did you, Disney World or Disney. I did Disneyland. It was the Tinkerbell half marathon. <laughs> my um, man, absolutely. Yeah, it, was, it was cool, man. I got to run behind all the sets and saw all the animals behind right. the sets. It, it was it was cool. Anyways, I'm sorry. I got I, I distracted you from no Disneyland. no. See, I'm I was saying. <laughs> I'm all into Star Wars because we went to Galaxy's Edge and I'm like, bro, I have a new respect for Star Wars. Holy shit. So I'm all like, so many jokes recently when we've we've been filming with the guys. I'm like, you did not hear me say that. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably sick of it at this point, but... um, do you, do you get yeah, ideas? That's the, do you get ideas from other uh, other things like uh, like you went to Galaxy's Edge and you're like, man, that would look. I like how this set is set up. I like the lights. I like this. Um, do you ever think like that? I mean, there's that's a problem I have is like <laughs> because like right now I'm in a I'm in a very privileged spot where my video my channel would be fine if I literally just stuck to wreck bike rebuild and first rides. Yeah. There is no need to do anything else. My I would fill my time up and I would like all the people that are already subscribed have plenty of content and the people looking for content would have plenty of content, but like I'm always like coming up with ideas for stuff, but I'm trying to be very active in enjoying the the process of having an idea mm-hmm. and knowing that I have no obligation to need to do that. Cause okay. like I have, a, um, the thing uh, my wife tells me is like, I, I try to make a business out of everything. 
Yeah. Uh, and damn, you and I think a lot alike. I, yeah, I mean, because like I, but I'm interested in that. I, yeah. I honestly have a good time of like uh, seeing anything, and this is not motorcycle related. This is yeah. literally anything on the planet. I'm like. Man, that would be. I start thinking about Instagram strategies for a charcuterie board business. <laughs> like that is that is no joke. You can ask my uh, wife. Like I, we were literally having a conversation of like, yeah, if you had a charcuterie company business, you could do stuff like this. And like, I don't know. I find it. I I enjoy doing that. So that's yeah. just it's just the way my brain works. So <laughs> it is well, what it is. It happens. And you and you put uh, people that fill in your deficits. So I mean, you got the creative. Uh, direction that you want to go and then you got people to actually help you out with all right. the other stuff yeah that's 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 something i need to work on um i'm still a one-man show and i got the dandy and the fireman thing that's five at least five videos a week after the ride that's one podcast but then i make clips out of it i got my wife's podcast so this Holy is full-time shit dude. yeah i probably do in a week probably 20 plus videos so I'm finding that happy medium of, or I'm trying to find the happy medium of quality versus quantity, but then yeah. I'm also trying to find what works and then what doesn't. So with the whole uh, after action reviews that I do that, I took that from my fire service where we would actually see firefighters fall through roofs and actually figure out why that happened and why these Is two... that the Is that the series where you're like, you take a clip and then you mm -hmm. talk about the clip and what went yeah. down? Yeah. So I, I was watching a video of that this morning. That's mm -hmm. solid. Cause you no, like, like so you're taking, so you're taking, uh, um, <laughs> this is now my podcast. I've taken it, it over. I will interview ahead, you. Um, let's do it. No, Let's but I it. watched that cause like, uh, honestly I'd never seen that before. And then I was watching you, you were breaking down, um, it's probably your most recent one cause it was at the top. It was like a Harley skidding on a highway mm -hmm. type situation. But what I loved about that is you're taking something that you're passionate about and is like part of you mm -hmm. and you're translating that to like, so you have a passion level for that that yeah. most people don't have. Yeah. So you translating that to an audience is, that's where I feel like the key stuff is, right? That's what, I was, you're, it, that's what worked. It's been working for a while. And, and right. uh, I think when that video came out, I was, I was doing like three to five a week just to see right. how it worked. And yeah. once again, it was, it turned into what you were talking about and, you know, sharpen the blade. It's like, man, I did it for three months straight. Great views. It, 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 it was like two, 300% views for my channel, uh, right. for everything. I was like, man, it's just almost too much now. I love it, but I don't want it to be something that's a burden. So now I put it down to twice a week max. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I took that from my fire source. I absolutely, I am passionate about uh, analytical stuff and why things happen, how they happen. Yeah. And then using the knowledge I have with the fire, or not fire, but uh, motorcycling as an MSF instructor, as an accident scene management instructor, and all these other things, like how can I translate that to uh, my possible students that are listening right. to it? And it's actually helped. I actually just filmed before this, um, a video of somebody that sent it to me on Twitter and he was saying that he's been watching my videos and understanding, okay, this is why you should have a following distance. This is this and this. And he sent the video and he did an absolute perfect evasion of an obstacle or an, uh, something that was in the road. And now absolute how gratifying perfect. is that for oh, you? Oh, that, that, that's I peak was, level. That was, I, it's not, it's not like I saved somebody some cash with like a, like a gear review, which I absolutely love doing, but it's like, man, I just prevented this guy from crashing. 
Dude, I can't imagine that because I get a high when somebody sends me a message of like, man, I was having a really hard time depending on what bike I wanted to buy. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I yeah. helped. I cannot yeah. imagine what that must feel like of like, you literally could have saved somebody's life based I'm on the knowledge you gave them. Super happy. And I, and I just filmed uh, my reaction to it. So uh, people awesome. are actually going to learn from him. So he is going to know that he's helping somebody else out. So that's, that's yeah. huge to me. That's, that's. That's big. Absolutely, dude. Trying to solve well, people's emergencies are important. That's, right. that's what well, I do. Well, let me just give you a clap for the amount of content well, you're putting out all week. Jesus I'm Christ. I'm trying to slow it down. I'm trying to slow it down. Like I said, trying to find what sticks, um, right. getting enough. Because if I did one video a month, I mean, I have 12 videos that year to figure out what kind of worked. But yeah. if I throw out this many videos, it's like, okay, this works, this works. Let's remove this. Let's keep doing this. Um, do I like this? Like we talked about, it's good views, right. but do I like doing it? Eh, right. not really, but I'll do it once a month then. Cause it's going to bring subscribers to see this stuff that I absolutely love to do. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's at, a at a boiled down level, that's how I look at my channel. I look at first rides as the mass views, right? Mm -hmm. They see the, the most ISC and I hopefully bring to the channel and then a small subset of those people could be interested in actually working on the bikes that they mm -hmm. bought from the first ride. You can enjoy Rec Bike Rebuilt. And then a subset of a subset of a subset of those people will appreciate content enough to be like, I'm going to go check out what you got on Patreon and see see how much we're, you know, yeah. how much content we're putting out over there. But, I mean, that process that you're doing, it sounds like it's just like, I've got a lot of things and I'm just going to throw them at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. So the way that first rides happened was... First rides were just part of all the crazy shit I was trying. Yeah. And then when you see something working, as long as it fits within the, I enjoy doing this, it's helping people, which is the gratifying part for you, ideally. Yeah. If it starts working, then take out two of the pans that are in the oven and put them onto just that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have like, a, you have a pie and you just start dedicating more of that pie to the things that you that are working that you want to keep working. Yeah. And you just you get to a point where I feel like that's how you get to the point where that's what your thing is. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you've done it long enough to people know, like, depending on if you, you know, your thumbnail strategy or whatever, but if it's always the same type of thumbnail, then they and it's titled generally the same as all your other stuff then, I mean, that's how you get to the point where you're known about something like that. Yeah. There was actually a scary point this last year. I was like, uh, I realized that my first rides, I, I would always take a photo when I was at the, the, at the dealership and I would mm -hmm. like, the bike would be about here and then this would be the bike title. And then um, I was like, damn it, like anybody can have that thumbnail. Yeah. Like there's nothing I can, like there's no differentiator from me from a thousand other people that somebody could be doing a first ride on their motorcycle with just a GoPro. So I was kind of worried because for years I had been doing first rides and thumbnails the exact same. Mm -hmm. And uh, I recently shifted to just grabbing a screenshot from the follow car because it's a high quality video. Yeah. So I can grab a screenshot, but it's also a view that's very hard to get. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, We'll try it. Everything made sense, but when you have something that works and works so well, it is a little you, you get a little worried changing stuff. I'm not worried yeah. about updating stuff like adding in a sound check or something because I'm giving somebody more content. But when you're talking about something as big as a thumbnail, I was like, bro, people are gonna stop watching. 
that's, you know, it's that thing, thing. It's that thing we were talking about it. Um, of like, you worry that you're going to fuck up some part of the chemistry and it goes away. Poof. Yeah. Nothing left. Yeah. Um, it worked out well. Like the, the views didn't really like views do well on first ride. So the views didn't change. So I was like, sweet. So now I just, I I'm pleasing myself <laughs> at this point. My videos yeah. look different. Um, yeah. that was, that was something that interesting that, uh, it, recently happened that worked out well, but that's, I, if I were, if I were your coach speaking in a coach way, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be great. I, I would say double down on the stuff that you feel is really authentic to you that does well, because that's your fastest route to you carving out that like niche that you are. Yeah. Um, Cause like we're all going to make all types of videos, but it is cool to have your own like anchor of content. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's what I'm finding out. Um, I was doing the beginner tips and that that's the evergreen content that was working great. But then it's like, I'm just kind of saying the same stuff. A lot of people are saying, but then I'm also, I'm just doing it differently. Cause I'm Daniel and they're this person. Um, right. but what is it that I can do that's unique? And I just kept falling back onto my fire service and right. not a lot of people understand, you know, the dynamics of that. So I'm like, okay, how do, can I make that still within the beginner tips, beginner safety? And that's, that's my biggest thing. Cause a lot of be beginners are the ones that die. So it's like, that's right. why I focus on beginner riders. Usually within the first, I think what, six months after getting your endorsement, that's when most of the Is crashes that the happen. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. And then uh, I think within two months of taking an MSF BRC one class gotcha. that people crash, it's because of the, wow. the heightened uh, confidence and, and all that research. Once again, I'm, I'm constantly diving into right. stats and whys and all that stuff. And so I stuck with uh, what I know and my analytical brain, and I'm starting to figure that out. I'm starting to figure out to just focus on what I enjoy to do. The views will come because people will see how passionate I am about it. And yep. I might lose the the viewers that are here for tips, but I'm going to gain mm -hmm. now these other people that are like, man, I really like the fact that I know right. why this person crashed because I have no idea and I don't right. want to crash. It's also going to be easier for you to make content yeah. because it's if you're passionate about something, like it's not going to take a lot of energy to be like, all right, got to make a motorcycle video so I can save people's lives today. Like you're never going to feel like yeah. that. Also, yeah. with the video analytics, you have endless content to yeah. use. That's one thing I uh, kind of like factor into the, if I'm going to bring on like a show, like hardcore, like really focus on something, something I think about is like, okay, how long can I do this? So people are never going to stop wrecking motorcycles, unfortunately. So yep. I, that shouldn't be a problem. And then bikes are never going to stop coming out. Yeah. You know, like companies are going to constantly be putting bikes out. So my stream of available videos to make is relatively endless. And that's the same way with that, those videos you're talking about, like yeah. people are going to keep wrecking. So oh, you're going to be yeah. able to keep showing. And the thing about a wreck is like, there's so many factors I'm sure oh, yeah. oh, for yeah. each wreck. So you could literally have two videos of the same type of wreck, but it's a totally different video because yeah. like these minuscule little things are happening. I can I can post the same video of the same wreck, focus on the rider's mentality and and what kind of led up to it, and then the next video I can focus on the the actual physical. Well, the tire lost traction, and this is why. Right. I mean, there's just so much, and and I'm, and I'm learning to kind of focus on one thing at a time because at the beginning right. I focused on everything that I possibly could, and it was like a 15 minute video, and people were like leaving. It's like okay, I kind of 
that's good. That's cool. I just kind of want to see them crash type of thing. <laughs> right. But at least, uh, yeah, you're going to, you're always going to get that type of thing. But like, I get the same thing on first rides. You know, I see, I know based on my analytics that a ton of people click on first rides just to watch the bike, the see the cinematics, they watch the sound check, and then they are gone. Yeah. And that's fine. If, if yeah. you're, if you're there to see the, see the bike in a way that I typically show the bike off, then great. Like that's, that's where you are. Then there's a ton of people that watch the rest of it. I never um, thought of it that way. That's, that's, yeah. Cool. I mean, it happens. You know, people, everybody's going to watch a video for a different reason. People are going to watch your videos that you're breaking stuff down because they want to see some dude eat it. Yeah. And ideally, even for those people, they'll see that be like, oh shit, I shouldn't slam on my brakes on the highway. Yeah. Even before you all say that, because like, you know, they're going to watch the video or whatever. Yeah. But hopefully, <laughs> the small amount of consumption that they do will still yeah. help in some way. Yeah, I think that's one of my biggest problems is that I, I want to reach as many people as possible to to prevent these types of things when I should just focus on on how to deliver the content. And if they like it and they take away from what, you know, the video they want to take away, then just leave it at that. Right. I mean, checking out the analytics on those videos, I'm sure is super helpful because if you're, like you can literally see the drop-off point yeah. for where you talk too much you yeah. know i'm assuming i i'm assuming oh, I that do. happens oh it I, happens you know, it happens i don't i don't <laughs> want somebody to watch this podcast or something and be like why is she saying he talks too much i'm i'm saying that only because i've been in the situation yeah. where you can see where the views are chilling and then they're like okay cool i'm good you yeah. know type yeah. situation um and that, that's gonna happen in this podcast but that's why i also do highlights so <laughs> yeah no dude the whole podcasting thing is genius because then you get the one big video it's like very little cuts and then you have all these little micro conversations you had so if mm -hmm. somebody wants a, a little tidbit boom they can go yeah. watch it i i love the whole model and if i could if i could fit more stuff into a into my life pie, that yeah. would be the first thing. Cause like the amount of content you can get out of one conversation yeah. is absolutely insane. But that's kind of the issue we're having with Rec Bike Rebuild is we film all day. Yeah. It's like, how do I, like, we'll make our big video, you know, that'll take a few days to edit. But like, how can we take all these little micro pieces of content? You know, Brian's spitting shit out constantly. Yeah. And it's a lot when you're watching the whole video. So one thing that we're going to start doing soon is putting out the micro content over on Patreon to help people like, you know, if they want to search tips for installing a spark plug, mm -hmm. uh, there's an episode we just put out where if you put grease on this certain thing, no phone, if you put grease on the certain part of the um, spark plug, suddenly it'll pop out easily. Like huh. it's, it, real tiny little shit like that. Yeah. Um, that it would be impossible to search that if yeah, you're yeah. you know looking through the video, but if we put out just that piece of content, um, we think it'll be a, a really valuable to all the people over there in that community. So that's kind of that's kind of something we're going to be pushing for soon. But as you are very well aware, cutting through all that content takes so yeah. much time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, one it's, thing to to film this like we we've, we've been talking for a while and then. It's another thing to to sift through the editing process. This 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 will be like a two three day thing, which is I have no problem because when I listen to it again, I get another side of of something that I could learn. Right. Especially because I'm not participating in it now. I'm I'm actually just listening. Right. Um, but that, I I think podcasting or or anything long form is is huge. Even if there is going to be that drop off, um, 
but the reason why I wanted to do this is because I wanted to learn. So, I mean, if I just right. was doing this so that I can make a podcast, I'd be bored right. as hell and I wouldn't want to do it. Right. So I'm, I'm having a, a, a fun time learning and, and then meeting people too. Cause the, you, and then a bunch of others that I've talked to already are people that I've been watching. I have watched and it's, well, how do you do this? Why do you do this? Right. Uh, you know, people see a little bit of, of us on the video, so maybe right. if we do this, they'll see the full picture and then they'll either like you a lot more or they're just like, man, I don't like listening to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, just to be clear, I don't blame you. So <laughs> I have That's to listen to myself to talk. Right. I have to listen to myself talk more than anybody can ever complain about. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get the click off rate. <laughs> well, very good, man. I, I'm, I'm so glad that you you showed up or not showed up, but you actually wanted to do this with me. I, <laughs> I clicked, really, I clicked join me. I sure did. <laughs> I was going to say all the emails that I have right here that we talked about earlier, but, um, no, I really do appreciate, it. I learned a lot from you and I, it, the biggest thing is, and one of the things that I started was, uh, you know, I feel like kind of alone with the, the content creation with how my brain works. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? All mm-hmm. these different things. And when I talk to you and then ev- everyone else, everyone's going through the same thing. Yep. But then they're off in their own. I rely on my expertise in this area to really get me through it. So I like right. how you're relying on your expertise. I'm trying to rely on mine, and I'm learning that everyone has different expertise or expertises, right. and it, it works. It, that's I think that's what you have to fall back on, really. That's what so. that's what I love about our kind of our sector is small on YouTube. But yeah, it's uh it, it's very interesting to see the route people come into motorcycles with. And then if they start making content around motorcycles on YouTube, like that little niche that everybody shared that rides, like all of us guys that make videos, obviously we're busy doing our stuff, but it's uh, anytime I've ever had a conversation with another YouTuber that does motorcycle content, there's an instant like click a lot of the time, you know, because it's like (laughs) the problems we deal with are a sub niche of a sub niche of a sub niche yes. of this tiny little thing. Yes. But you start talking and you're like, you go through that shit too. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Cool. Can... So I'm not the only dude over here stressing out about stupid stuff that doesn't really matter. The best way I could put it is, is, uh, in the fire service, you, you can't complain down. You can only complain side to side and up. And, right. uh, if I was just, if I made a podcast, me talking to the camera and saying like, you know, this is, this is rough. This is this. Everyone's like, who cares? Like, I don't care. Right. But then if I say, man, it's, it's not really a complaint, but this is the shit I'm going through. And you're like, dude, yeah. me too. And it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I think that's, that's, what's so nice about talking to like this conversation and any conversations I have with other motorcycle content creators, you feel the sense of like, you're not the only one suffering through these because you like like you said you can't bitch in a video yeah because like we're over here like like riding motorcycles for a living which is such a small part but like that's yeah that's a perception online so you can't really be like man the stuff i'm really going through it's like oh yeah you had to go work and you had to go ride so yeah i i do feel like there's you 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 don't get to not complain but you don't get to kind of 
voice vent. your real opinion. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to vent to the No, you for real. Like you can't like you can't say certain stuff on the video because like nobody yeah. wants to watch a video of you yeah. complaining about some dream job that you have. Yeah. But regardless of how good your job is or if you want to call it a job or whatever. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's lot. a lot of work and you there are highs and lows, you yeah. know, regardless of how good it seems on the outside. So yeah. it's fun to get to go over that with somebody yeah. that can appreciate the minutia yeah. of what what a day looks like. 